0: Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Elvin Podcast. It's Monday, December 18th. I'm your host, Jamie Mosh. Joining me on the phone as he does every week from the Washington City Paper, it's Matt Turrell. Hey, Matt. Hey, Jamie. How you doing? I'm good. Um, It's a weird feeling, though. It's like the Redskins won, so that's great. But did they really win if I didn't watch?
1: I think they did. I think technically it counts whether you watched or not. Uh, My question is, did they really win... If they only scored 20 points against the Cardinals in what by all accounts was not a great game, and I say by all accounts because I barely watched. so this, <laughs> this should be a searing insightful podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, they won 20 to
0: 15 at home against an equally mediocre Arizona Cardinals team led by Blaine Gabbard, and I think time of possession was something like 40,20 Cardinals. For the third straight week, the Redskins gained less than 300 yards on offense, uh, but they held the Cardinals to just five field goals on what I think was six trips into the red zone. So um, it sounds like a game where we're probably lucky we didn't watch because the Cardinals just had the ball the entire time and the Redskins squeaked it out because they kept them out of the end zone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I listened to the first half of the game. I was driving to a Hanukkah party. Happy Hanukkah to you, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, Happy Hanukkah. And uh, thank you. I, I was listening, um, as I usually do, uh, if I'm in the correct car. I was listening to the opposing team's broadcast, the Arizona broadcast, mm-hmm. which I find easier to follow, usually, than the home team broadcast. Um, who was who, and- who on that
0: broadcast? Like, like, I'm trying to think of like famous Cardinals past...
1: I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hear a name check. I mean, my family was in the car while we were not like doing a detailed analysis. But that's how I so found like the Neil, the Neil Logan, and Neil Lomax, Anus. Neil, Lomax. <laughs> Neil Lomax, and like Anis Williams. <laughs> sure. Uh, that, that, it didn't. It didn't sound to me like Anis Williams, but but I, I really I can't imagine who else it would be because it wasn't Kurt Warner. So right. Um, I have that,
0: named all the Cardinals that I'm aware
1: of. Yeah, <laughs> Neil Lomax. I think I had more of his football card than anyone else's. Um, not on purpose. Anyway, but so so that's how I was listening to the first half of the game, and it was like, man, there is uh, there is just nothing happening here. And then the second half, I watched while at the holiday party and mm. while trying to sort of cook some potato pancakes. And mm-hmm. uh, let's just say it was not the kind of game that grabs the attention and really makes you uh, dial in. So that was the thing. Like yesterday. We hosted
0: our own little party. It was a beer and cookie exchange. And, you know, we had the games on. The parties were like mid-afternoon. So, the, you know, we had the games on. And I just said it to the Red Zone channel. The only thing that people asked for, you know, to watch specifically was Panthers-Packers. At no point, I think there was also a UNC Tennessee basketball request. Um, at no point was anybody like, oh, what's happening in that Redskins game? Now, keep in mind, everyone there knows I'm a Redskins fan. But that's how, like, out of mind this team is at this point.
1: Well, and, and it doesn't help that their last three games, including the one they just finished, are against teams that are similarly out of mind and out of relevance yeah. um, with, you know, the Broncos and Giants coming up. Well, I, I don't know how to feel about this game. Like, it's this seems to me, from a certain perspective, to be sort of the worst result. I don't know if you saw, but Tom Boswell in the post had a really sort of glowing column. This is the kind of way... I did you know. read that, yeah. Okay. I had the opposite reaction. I was like, you know, I'm not saying you should root for the draft pick. I understand there's a big debate about like loser mentality or whatever, but I will say if you can't come out there and destroy a hapless Arizona Cardinals team and you're gonna eke out a twenty to fifteen win, part of me would rather you just lost and improved the draft pick. Well, I mean i I have a a pretty drastic, drastically
0: different take on the matter. okay. Uh, and let's leave the Boswell part out of it because it was like, I I love when Boswell is feeling positive about something, it does, he lays it on pretty thick. So let's, let's remove that from saccharine take from the equation. Um, (laughs) I was really glad they won. You know, I'm really glad that they got to six and eight. Not that that matters. Um, because I don't want to see them get rid of the coaching staff and take drastic measures when it comes to, uh, you know, eating Jay Gruden's like whatever, $13 million guaranteed and starting a coaching search that will take all of our eyes off the ball this off season. Um, I want that to stay intact. You know, I want them to look at the results of this year and say, we can come back with the same head coach. We can come back with the same head quarterback. Let's try to fix everything else and going, you know, well, they won yesterday, but including that, like going two and three down the stretch, getting to seven and nine or eight
1: and eight, I think that really helps you, you, you bring back those key guys. Well, if they go eight and eight, uh, am I correct in thinking that that's something like four straight non-losing seasons for the Redskins? Oh,
0: non-losing is such a good way of putting it.
1: I love that. Yeah.
0: yeah you, the, we only- can't, we, the winning season is out of play, but we can yeah. get to the non-losing season. It would be three straight, I believe. Um, because in 15, what? they only won the division nine and seven last year. Oh, right, right, second second straight winning season eight seven and one, and then this year would be non losing at eight and eight. But here's the other thing about like them winning these meaningless games is it does it does provide like the like if, coming into the season, I felt like the margin for error for this team was somewhere between seven and nine wins. You know, it was like an sure. eight win team. And you could see them going like everyone in the world could see them going seven and nine or nine and seven. That wouldn't have been like crazy. So here they are, six and eight with two games left. You know, like they're probably gonna be a seven-win team. Like that's the most likely outcome. And with the injuries they suffered, like that's fine. Like this is basically what they should have been all along.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's the argument to be further made that that if they are this eight-win team with this disastrous group on the field that, that maybe they were better than we ever thought. I've been trying to remember, you know, because part of the part of the conceit of this podcast is that we overreact. We mm-hmm. we really feel the highs and we really suffer the lows. And I've been trying to remember when we were optimistic or when I was optimistic, because I feel like right now I look at the team and there's nothing that I'm exceptionally looking forward to. There's nothing that excites me for next year. I think I said this last week. What, what did we like about this when things were good? What were we happy I, about? I feel like the last time you were excited was you're
0: probably like twelve, and it was like Back <laughs> to the Future Two was coming out or something like that. I, I saw the it last wasn't Jedi. Good, this so I was excited for like the rest of your life. <laughs> I was excited for the last Jedi. I mean, it's only the Redskins that have destroyed me. Um, but, I, was up, I was I was. I. I don't remember the exact point, but I remember feeling. You know like, an inner glow about this team, um, I don't know, like, around, like, the Chiefs game. Right. And right when, like, September, October, like, that transition was happening, and they were, you know, they had started, like, 2-2 two and two or something, and young players were showing out, and, you know, it felt good.
1: I feel like what we were hanging our hat on at that point was the defense. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, they had played, they had exceeded expectations. Yeah. And a lot of it, a lot
0: of it was on the strength of, like, young players' performance
1: so that would mean the most if we assume that when the young players get healthy again and actually some of the some of the young guys who wound up on the field yesterday looked pretty good um from what i could see and from what i've read after the fact um so so it seems like then most of the change this offseason would have to come on the offense and maybe i would be more excited once that starts happening it's just i, the, I think part of the reason that i i say that i would be okay if they had lost is i'm just like you know, uh, Cousins, the opinion fluctuates, but he's good or maybe he's okay. And Gruden seems like he's pretty good or maybe he's okay. And it's just like, I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to be attaching myself to for the next two games and into the offseason. Yeah, and see, that's I'm, that, I'm basically rooting
0: for them to have a respectable finish so that nothing drastic occurs. Like, that's I think that's what you want to avoid. You want to avoid, like, this last week where they had two straight terrible games and there was all this talk about, like, is Gruden safe? I mean, Gruden the last three years has a winning record, twenty three, twenty two and one. I think if, if you're counting at home, Thomas Boswell counts that as a winning record. But twenty three, twenty two and one to me, it, like with the Redskins, with Bruce Allen as your general manager, is or or whatever he is. I mean, it's not Doug Williams. Sure. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I think that's like a pretty impressive record. Um, so I, I just want to avoid the scenario where they. Crater and yesterday was a great first step where they get to like six and ten and you know, five and eleven's out of play. That's that's great, but I want to avoid six and ten because I feel like at six and ten they might they might get a notion, they might get a notion that they, they they need to bring in like either some like veteran wash up who everybody's heard of or like the hot young whippersnapper. The problem is I don't think anybody with any merit and any other opportunities would ever come here.
1: Yeah, that seems like a legitimate concern. I will um. I will say that if they win both games, based on the numbers you just gave me, then Gruden would finish with an actual winning record, not just a, uh, you know, technical winning record. <laughs> He's one game above five hundred, I think.
0: Now, I right? Don't know, but it, I don't know if this includes his first season. This is only the twenty fifteen to seventeen
1: run. But still. So the idea is being once, uh, once Cousins was established as the starting quarterback, and sort of the current incarnation of the Redskins was taking shape. Is that is that what they're talking about?
0: Yes, during the course of this non losing
1: streak, <laughs> non losing. So what you're saying? <laughs> what you're saying is that during his best streak as a head coach, uh, Jay Gruden is like what half a game over 500 or whatever yes. that technically is. Yes. Okay. Just just making sure I was following you.
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying. He's Joe Gibbs. I'm saying he's Marvin Lewis. (laughs) He can go 15 seasons with no playoff wins, make the playoffs like four or five times, have an overall slightly winning record. Now, the thing is, like, we're far way off from that. Like, 15 years of this doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound too fun. But, like, three years, not bad. Like, three years of, of respectable football. I feel pretty good about that with the Redskins.
1: I guess I just wish I felt like it was going somewhere. I yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. I, you know, I can't. I can't. I hate to keep harping on that, but it's just like uh, w- I don't know. Whatever. I guess. I guess there's no point in talking about the offseason. Let's uh, do. We want to break down the things we didn't watch, or are we, are we <laughs> just talking in general terms? Yeah, I was watching the tape. Um, yeah,
0: I loved. I love. That's like the new thing when well, not new, but I feel like it's increasingly said where some sort of analyst, like a TV or radio analyst, would be like, "Oh, well, the film doesn't lie. You know, if you just yeah. watch the film." It's like almost like a, you know, like a pissing contest. Who can watch the most film? Um, right.
1: I watch, I watch all 22 players, and I put them on two screens. So I'm actually yeah. watching the all 44. It's amazing. I, I mean, I don't watch not, – not only do I not watch film, I don't watch the game.
0: <laughs> that's, that's how I'm into it I am. <laughs> but what's funny <laughs> is about reading about yesterday, all the like – you know players of the game so to speak are guys i either haven't heard of or you think are like kind of like non-factors in the future like a dude scored squ- like the play of the game in on offense was a 39 yard touchdown there was a little mu- there was a little sauce on this play it was like a double fake reverse screen pass for 39 yards to a guy who i've never heard of who was not the same guy from last week that i'd never heard of so last week's guy, we, we made quite a point about him. We made him the featured image on the podcast. Right. His first name was LaShun. Was LaShun Daniels. Daniels. LaShun Daniels. Um, I don't know if LaShun got any shine, if he got any shine this week. Uh, this week was a guy named Bibbs. I don't uh, know his first see. name. I, I'm not.
1: Yeah, yeah, he got one carry. Oh, LaShun did. Okay. Capri Bibbs. Ca- see, Capri
0: uh, Bibbs scored a 39-yard touchdown.
1: See, I remember Capri Bibbs because it's another one we're from fantasy. He was on, I think, the Broncos or someone, and it was like he was one of those ones where, like, if three or four guys went down, you get into, like week 16 of the season. You're like, maybe this guy will show something. And he gotcha. never did. I don't think he ever even got into a game. Mm-hmm. But at least the name is is novel enough that it sticks out. Um, Lashawn Daniels had one carry for two yards this week. Uh, Capri Bibbs had two carries for six yards, but he did have the uh, four receptions, including the one big one. Um, and, yeah. and, I, and I believe Samaj, Samajay. Sure, whatever.
0: <laughs> I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> Samaje Piran had a very Piran-esque 14 carries for 37 yards.
1: Yes, that, that, that is, and it, from what I saw, he had. I saw one run where he really like lowered his shoulder and leveled a guy, and then I saw several where he got tripped up after one yard. So, I want
0: I want to have a good, consistently productive running back so bad, but at what point do we stop making P Ryan happen? Um,
1: uh, after week seventeen, let him let him <laughs> just carry us through the year. I mean, because that's the thing; they're just, that's a perfect microcosm. Like they're playing out the string. Who cares? Is P Ryan the running back of the future? Almost certainly not. It would appear at this point. But like, you're going to replace him? Who cares? Like, is Capri Bibbs the running back of the future? Probably not.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, I, I think Piran was supposed to be the running back of the future. I mean, he was a third rounder, maybe mm-hmm. fourth rounder. Had a, sure. a, a very uh, decorated college career. Um, you know, in, in today's NFL, like you don't have to take backs in the first round. Like I thought he was the running back of the future, but yeah, it hasn't. It has not shown up.
1: Well, you know, this was a not a deep running back draft. There weren't a lot of great running backs available this year. None of them made any impact anywhere else. So you took the best you could get. Yeah. Um God, I miss Chris uh, Thompson. I miss Chris Thompson so dearly. Oh right, we were we were excited about him. There's something to hang your hat on. We were looking forward to him doing it. I do
0: I do think I have a future blog post uh you know, loaded up. I haven't made an actual blog post on our on our blog in several months. Um I just threw it out there on Twitter. I was like, I think I started off with, um, I, I named one or two things that I now forget. But it's like, what are you actually excited, like encouraged and excited about from this Redskins season? And there was, a, there was a long list of, of I think I think other than Thompson before he got hurt, that was one of them. And now I'm struggling to come up with anything, literally anything else. Jo- Jonathan Allen, Kendall Fuller. Um... Kendall Fuller was a
1: popular response. Yes. Yeah, as and... like
0: him being a... a
1: solid corner yeah and and he apparently showed out yesterday um so that was like the
0: one player of the game guy who figures in the future the other guys were like anthony lanier i think a second year undrafted defensive lineman two sacks interesting note about anthony lanier i can't remember whose story this was i read it in the post i think it was jerry brewer's story maybe uh no i'm getting that wrong not sure Uh, Anyway, (laughs) doesn't matter. Uh, Well, I saved it to my Pocket app. I read all my shit in the Pocket app, and it like strips the bylines, so I just have to guess. Like with Boswell, (laughs) I'm like, oh, this one's just like dripping with positivity. It's Boswell. Um, right, or if
1: it, if it deviates into, like, a long discussion of Russian literature in the middle, you can usually be pretty sure that's Steinberg.
0: Yes, you definitely know Steinberg. <laughs> it always includes an aside about yes. Steinberg. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, no, I think this was actually just a story, not a column. So, anyway, um, let's give it to Master Tesfatsian. Is he still, he's still writing for the Post,
1: or did he leave? He left. Bleacher he went to Bleacher Report. I think, he's already, I think he's already on the way.
0: Good for that, dude. Well, anyways, it was about Lanier. An interesting note. So I guess in last year's like postseason, you know, player coach meetings, Gruden said to Lanier, for every weight, every pound you gain, I will lose a pound. And it happened. <laughs> like Lanier gained, I think, twenty five pounds because he went from like two sixty-eight to two ninety-three. And Gruden dropped twenty five pounds, maybe more. Gruden, I, I, feel, I feel this is like the, the, the biggest success maybe of this Redskins series season is that these two guys are able to change their bodies in these really positive ways. Ready, to go, guys. It,
1: Gruden really looks different. I mean, I know they've, they've done it as a bit a few times on, on broadcast and stuff, but like whenever the camera cuts to him quickly, it takes me a second to realize that, no, that's, that's the same, same guy from last year.
0: Well, it's, you need a tight shot on his face when you get that same kind of like the lights are on but nobody's home. Yeah. You know, It's like, oh, that's the J. That's the J. I know. Yeah,
1: fan. the big difference between John Gruden and Jay Gruden is that John's resting face looks intense, although I question whether or not it actually is. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jay's just looks kind of sad. I mean, genetics really <laughs> dealt him wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, I've grown, Jay's grown on me. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm on team right yeah, yeah. now. He's,
1: I guess he seems like a really likable guy, and he seems like you know, at a minimum, I'm sure he'd be a great offensive coordinator to have around. I, I'm. I guess he must be a good head coach because the players like him and this terrible, terrible team is currently, you know, wounded team is six and eight. So yeah, he must be all right.
0: I mean, they've had (laughs) non-losing seasons. So, you know, you can, that, that kind of, that kind of, you know, puts out the, the fires of of discord, the flames of discord that rise from Ashburn. Um, But that's, that's what was worrying me was like this, the stuff coming out of Ashburn the last week or two, as the season fell apart, like, Oh boy, this is the same old Redskins. Maybe it was just this win that 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 stopped that reversed that. But I felt like with a lesser head coach, like a Zornian figure, um, that that would have gotten out of control.
1: Yeah, I, I question. Uh, th- that's sort of why I'm worried about the quality of the win, is because mm-hmm. I question whether that'll really satisfy the petulant people in Ashburn who would have made a a rash decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think. You know, it's like Cousins' performance yesterday, which was, you know, a, a, a decent stat line, and especially with what was around him. Well, Thomas but Boswell feel...
0: would let you know his rating was 116.
1: So, you know, right. pretty great. And no interceptions. <laughs> no interceptions, which would be the crucial thing for Cousins, but it's only 196 yards and two touchdowns, and I feel like that's not going to be enough for anybody in Ashburn to be like, yes – you know, we want this guy or let's, let's really invest in this guy. I feel like the the margin of victory, the performance on the field, it's all just kind of like, yeah, all right, well, well you maybe know what, I won't
0: fire you this week. You know what that game does, though, that stat line? It's great because when it gets blended into the all the other stat lines for the season, like his yardage is not going to be the problem. He's going to have 4,000 yards, whatever. And he's not going to have like crazy touchdowns, but he's going to have a good touchdown interception ratio. And as always, he's going to have a good QB rating. And there's going to be plenty of people who are just like, he's top five, top 10 in the league in QB rating the last three seasons. There's only like, only Aaron Rodgers has been better. You know, like this is the sort of game that you can just drop in there and it becomes like a credit to Cousins.
1: That's, that's a fair point. I won't argue with that. Okay. He already has 3,600 yards. I didn't realize that. Two games left. So he's,
0: he's pretty much a lock for, for 4,000 Which is nothing. If you play 16 games in the NFL today, like, you're going to get 4,000 yards unless you're a, I don't know, like a Dak Prescott or somebody who plays an offense where you just run the ball. Um, I don't want to overact to any of these games. I don't have it in me. (laughs) Me (laughs) neither. I do want to bring up something from last week that I thought was funny. So there was the, and Steinberg kind of made a lot of this, and rightfully so, which was Larry Michael's assertion that FedEx field would be like rowdy and rockin'. (laughs) <laughs> on sunday and that like like the silent majority of redskins fans love going to fedex field and he used that those words silent majority yeah. um but it, as ridiculous as all that was i just brought into to light and, and like reminded me of how absurd it is that larry michael is the chief content officer of
1: the washington redskins <laughs> what, what's what's absurd is how the Washington Redskins control their messaging, regardless of who they have doing. It. Like it's bizarre. They just uh, the, the 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 stating. Oh, the silent majority believes this. FedEx Field is going to be great. Is like it's just a sort of like bald faced gaslighting. That it's it's just it's amazing. <laughs> it's think, so unnecessary. We're just going to say this, and it
0: will be true. <laughs> it's so unnecessary too. Like whatever. Teams have good years and bad years. You don't need to look at us in December when we're five and eight and be like, we have a wonderful game experience to offer you <laughs> this weekend. No, don't, never mind the protests that are happening in the parking lots that will be covered nationally.
1: <laughs> um, totally. But- well, that, that's, the, that's, the, uh, that's the vocal minority is, <laughs> is the people that you see, obviously. The eight trillion people that aren't mentioned, they, every single one of them has loved the Redskins more than you ever will. So if,
0: so, you, you once worked within that, within that division of the Washington Redskins organization, right? I don't know if it's like the content division, if it's an actual – is it the PR and marketing department? I'm not sure how, they, how it's defined. But you were once a senior blogger, senior editor, senior manager, something along those lines. And that was, you know, eight years ago in that time frame. If you had really stuck with it, grinded it out, do you think maybe you'd be knocking on the chief content officer's door right now? Maybe you could be the CCO of the Washington Redskins?
1: You know, you joke, but it really was – there was no clear path to promotion. Now, obviously, <laughs> the path to promotion is irrelevant as I took the path to being uh, let go and out the door. But um, uh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I would. I think Larry Michael is pretty much chief content officer for life, man. Oh, my God. That is so depressing. That's only – I mean, that <laughs> Snyder's
0: the owner for life. Bruce Allen seems to be whatever he is, very special executive president of football for life it is depressing. And then that Larry Michael is like the minister of truth. It's just it's it's rough. It is not winning off the field.
1: so much winning off the field. I'm actually getting a little tired of all the winning, to be honest with you.
0: (laughs) So much winning. The parallels between that organization and the current administration are just, it's so striking. I feel like, has anybody done like a swap? Like who said it, you know, like did Trump say it or did Bruce Allen say it?
1: Uh, I don't think anyone has. And I've had multiple people suggest to me that I do it as a column, Mm -hmm. uh, including some people who also served as cogs in the machine. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just, uh, it's such a minefield of like getting yelled at by crazy people on Twitter. And I just, I'm tired, man. I'm an old man. I I don't have the patience to get yelled at by crazy people on Twitter.
0: So last thing about, the last thing I can think of for us to talk about is um, last week in the C paper, you wrote a column about uh, changing the team names for all the franchises. And it was like the same day this elaborate hoax dropped maybe the same day or the day before, I don't know, of, of the Redskins changing their name to the Redhawks. It's kind of interesting timing. Did, 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 they, did they see your column? Did
1: you spark the change in the world that you wanted to see? I, I, I have to admit that the, the Chinatown Bullet doesn't seem to have taken off quite as uh, thoroughly as I although I stand by every single name I put in that column. So Chinatown Bullet, what was the Redskins one? DMV Swamp it's <laughs> <swamp>. uh, <laughs> <is> truly awful <laughs> it, it is truly awful and yet perfect in its own way <laughs> right uh, you know, it's, I, it's like I, the best worst idea i love it i think that i mean i somebody said you know i hate that i'm tired of the dmv thing but if it applies to any organization anywhere it's the redskins i mean they're legitimately uh they have nothing in the district except for history but they you know have one stadium in Maryland and, and uh, everything else in Virginia. Did you see Cousins tweeting about that, by the way?
0: Oh, he said it took him like 90 minutes to get home last night after the game. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. chin up, son. <laughs> 90 minutes from Raul to Ashburn. Come on, man. You were cranking.
1: I, I remember, <laughs> you, would, you know, because when you would cover the games, you stay really late know you leave mm-hmm. the stadium especially if it's a four o'clock game or god forbid a night game and you're trying you're making that drive from landover to, to ashburn at like mm-hmm. two in the morning on empty roads yeah. it's a miracle that more players haven't just yeah. veered off into guardrails it's just it's a debacle that's got
0: to be super annoying for them that even their home games they have to drive <laughs> to, like around dc <laughs> to get there that's that's not fun
1: i uh, i love ha- I love how many guys come to town and they're like, yeah, I'm excited to be in Washington, really, you know, be part of this big city and the nation's capital. And then they get to see Ashburn and like Ashburn has some really nice shopping malls, but like, <laughs> it, I don't think I mean, it's quite what people are looking for. I feel
0: like maybe if, if you're a bearded player who has a taste for fine craft beer, you
1: know, uh, Loudoun County is <laughs> not bad. <laughs> yeah there's there's worse places in the world to be of course there's also lots of better places in the world to be uh where do the visiting players
0: stay i've never wondered this i've never inquired about this because i mean landover's got nothing.
1: um i don't know i know that sometimes they'll stay down in dc and just jump onto 295 and come yeah. up that way because uh, it puts you close to um you know like uh uh whatever national airport is called this week. Um, I, there's a, I won't say Hyatt and Greenbelt that some teams stay at. Um, it, it's not, it's not a really great area for anything to do with, uh, organizing a professional football games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, how'd you feel about the Red Hawks thing? I thought it was, uh, uh, bless their hearts, man. I, I, I agree with where they were trying to go. I do not think it was an effective approach at all. What did you think?
0: I thought it was interesting that they set up like these mirror sites for like, you know, to make it appear as if Bleacher Report, ESPN, etc., had written about the Redskins officially changing their name to the
1: Redhawks. That was, that was quite a, quite an effort. It was quite a something. I mean, but it did it, did it serve any real purpose? Did it help at all? Here's what, here's what I appreciated about it. So I...
0: Am all you know just to be clear for the, the the listener at home i would love for the redskins to change their name i do nothing about it and <laughs> and when the redskins are are uh, mar- the redskins themselves are marginalized not like american indians being a marginalized people but when the redskins themselves are operating on the margins of the nfl the name change debate goes away it only comes up when they're good because that's when people care the people of like dc the, the Redskins fans have been so in it for so long. I mean, I remember seeing protests outside of RFK stadium in the eighties when I was a kid being like, what is this? You know, we've just been in it for so long. Like we just don't care anymore. It's just part of the fabric. But when they become nationally relevant and every other city and every other fan base is like, this is fucked up. <laughs> like they're <laughs> called the Redskins. How, <laughs> you know, that's when it, that's when like the conversation starts up. So, You know, when RG3's, you know, 2012, when he made the Redskins relevant, it was a big deal. When they won the division two years ago, like kind of, you know, but again, they were just a borderline playoff team. So the name change thing, they've been out of the the mainstream conversation for so long. I feel like the name change conversation has gone away. So I respect that they brought it up without having to rely on all of these other snowflakes like myself from around the country, uh, you know, bringing it up to begin with
1: it's It's a good point and but but then I feel like it doesn't land because the team is so irrelevant right now. I feel like everybody's kind of like, Oh well, that's interesting whatever yeah. I mean, there's probably people who believe that it was a team driven stunt to keep uh to you know to own some brain space for a week in which there was no other reason for anybody outside of you know uh the d c metro area to be thinking about the Redskins
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I respect it i don't I, just, know. I, just, I, don't know. I mean I'd love for them to change the name and he, I stand by. I think the only thing that will get them to change the name would be a Super Bowl run. I think a Super Bowl run would put them under the microscope and the 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 public opinion would be so intense that they would have to change the name. So just think about how wonderful that would be. The Redskins and in the Super Bowl and getting a new name
1: all at once. I don't I don't think I don't think they do it. I think they only change the name when the current of the team, not of the nation, is gone. I, I, don't, I don't think as long as any of those people are involved, the name changes, no matter what.
0: Fine. <laughs>
1: this has been your upbeat
0: Redskins Minute. <laughs> All right, we have two more games. Uh, I think it's Broncos at home and then at the Giants in the Eli and Kirk
1: swan song. Two games left. Are we still going to pot out? I think we should. I mean, one is, one is going to be on Christmas Day when I'm sure you have nothing better to do than talk to me, and uh, the other one would be on, on New Year's Day when nobody has anything better to do. Maybe. So at some point, yeah. we should do podcasts. It may not be immediately following the game.
0: Maybe this year for Christmas, I'll give my family the gift of audio content. <laughs>
1: You should have your whole family do the podcast. You guys should sit around the Christmas tree, unwrapping presents and complaining about the Redskins. I'll
0: give my nine-year-old like, a, a box with, a, with an iPhone in it, and she'll open and be like, are you kidding me? An iPhone? I'll be like, no, honey. Press play. <laughs> it's a podcast. Opening bumpers out. Starring Daddy. Talking about, <laughs> talking about the non-losing Redskins.
1: <laughs> I'm all for it. I mean, what, what says non-losing better than uh, Christmas morning with the family? All right, man.
0: Well... Thanks for doing this, as always. Happy Hanukkah to you and the rest of the Turles. Um,
1: And Merry Christmas to you and all the Mottrams.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, We'll be back at it maybe on Christmas Day, maybe after.